Hey everybody, Duncan here with a reminder to send in your guesses for last week's secret sound competition. The first person to get it right will win some fantastic science-related prizes. In case you missed it, here's what it sounds like. Wow! Was that enough? What a sound! That was a good sound. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, what's that sound? That's quite a racket, isn't it? Send in your guesses to twist at physicseducation.com.au or go to our Facebook or Instagram pages and leave a comment on the post for this episode. Can't wait to hear what you come up with. All right, let's get started. G'day, Quill. Hey, Duncan. How are you going? So good. It's been a very interesting week in science. It has indeed. Yeah, we've got some very interesting uh, stories Fantastic. that we want to bring to the listeners. Excellent. This week, um, you could say that it's going to be an interplanetary episode uh-huh. because the stories come from <laughs> many different planets. Ours. And another Other one. <laughs> That's okay. Just another one. That's two um, planets. So, in this episode of Physics Twist, what we're going to do is just a little bit of an update on one of the previous episodes, mm-hmm. which was, you know, it was a little bit of a special edition episode, that one. Ah. Uh, because that one as you may recall, was all about the Mars rover's opportunity and curiosity. Yeah, it was Mars. a very special episode. It was very special. Very good. Um, so we learned in that episode that Curiosity has been doing some amazing science mm-hmm. up there. Um, and there's a dust storm yep. that was going on on Mars. And Curiosity is fine up there because yep. it's basically, it's got its own sort of nuclear power generator. So it's it can just, you know, keep poodling around no problem at all. Maybe just quickly, mm. in case some of our listeners are fresh in mm. or have forgotten since then, mm. how about a little quick brush up for them of what Curiosity is and what it's doing up there? So Curiosity is a Mars rover. Yes. Yeah. And effectively, it's up there to investigate if if the environment of Mars could ever have sustained life. Okay. So it's a little robot up on Mars. It's not little. It's huge. It's oh. like the size of a Mini Cooper. It's, that thing's massive. But that's not that big in terms of robots. So it's like a little car-sized robot that's doing lots of tests to see whether we could potentially move to Mars. Yeah. yeah. Well, to the main thing is to find out whether it could have ever had life on it. Yep. And then sort of its next objective will be, can we put humans there? Okay. Is that possible? Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, so that's, that's Curiosity, and that's been driving around using mm-hmm. its nuclear power generator. There's another one which is older that landed in about 2004 called Opportunity, which is not nuclear powered. It's actually okay. powered by solar panels. Okay. And as I mentioned, there's been, there's been this huge dust storm covered all of Mars, and that's kind of a problem when you're running off solar panels. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. what it did is it completely blocked out the sun. Solar, sun, you see the problem, right? Not good at all. So all of a sudden, Opportunity is getting no light to power itself. And, you know, that's a massive problem. So it it kind of went into hibernation mode for a little while. Yeah. But not only that, not only was the sun actually blocked out, but all of that dust eventually settled Mm -hmm. and it settled on those solar panels. Oh, no. Yeah. And so as the storm is clearing, it, you know, it doesn't really help because... That dust yeah. is still on the solar panels. There's not much oh. you can do about it except for wait for a sort of dust devil to come along and clean it off. So you're just waiting for some wind to blow it away. You're waiting for it's wind to blow it away. Wind. Yeah, exactly. Because there is wind on Mars. And there's no dusters up there. There's no dusters. <laughs> we don't have a duster cleaning yeah. our solar panels Exactly. Off. We just need... Grandma's not up there with the duster. <laughs> just lift your legs up, sweetie. That... <laughs> just dust under the couch on Mars. <laughs> okay, so we've got... So we should have just covered it in plastic. 
like they do with those couches, mm. that would have been much better. But then they still would have needed to take that plastic cover off. Yeah, true. Oh, and it would have been uncomfortable forever. It's a difficult problem, isn't it? It is. Okay, so that's... That's so where it's at. Pretty much kind of lost this fantastic robot because it's Well, that's dusty. the update. That's the update, right? Yeah. Is that it's been such a long time. I think the special edition episode came out more than a month ago. Mm. And we're still in the same predicament. So I think the dust storm has actually, uh, it's gone yeah. now, but then the dust is still on those solar panels. And so mm. NASA has been trying to contact Opportunity, sending yeah. it, sending it signals saying, Hey, yeah. when you're ready, can you just check in? Cause what's yeah. going to happen is, yeah, <laughs> just give us a call. Yeah. Finished <laughs> we, <miss> you. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're busy. <laughs> anyway, so they're basically saying, look, when you've woken up, yeah. just give us a call. Just let us okay? know. And it's waiting for the sun to hit that solar panel okay. so it can come out of uh, its hibernation mode mm. and, you know, ET phone home after that. But so it's still not doing it. I wonder, hopefully, can start to build up a little bit and a little bit and maybe eventually have enough to kind of kick in. And yep. then it might move and then that might get rid of some of that dust. Exactly. Yeah. But then there's another problem, which is that, so it, it's solar powered, but it has to be kept a little bit warm. Oh. Okay. And so on board, because Mars is cold. Yeah. Like really, really cold. Mm. So in order for the batteries and everything to actually work at all, it has to be kept a little bit warm. So there's actually some plutonium on board, which as it degrades, creates heat. Right. Right. But that's not going to last forever. No. And eventually those batteries will become so cold that they just will not work anymore. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if the solar panels are being activated Keeps by in. the sun, yeah. it can't recharge the batteries. Oh, no. So now, unfortunately, it looks as though opportunity may not wake up at all. Now, this is really not It'll the be happy a lost ending. opportunity. Ah! Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no. Oh. That was really good though. <laughs> That's not the happy ending that I wanted no. for this story. I wanted no. to be like, great news, everyone. Yeah. Special edition episode two. But no, it doesn't look like it's going that way. No. That's really, that's a shame. Yeah. And it's such a, a waste of a really good resource too. Mm. Well, here's the thing. We need to send another robot up with a duster. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New opportunity. Yeah. So... You know, you can look at the, the sad part, which is that it's potentially dead. Yeah. But then there's positives, you know? You've got to celebrate its life because yeah. it was only supposed to be there for 90 days. Okay. It turned 15 the other day. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So That's an old robot. It's really old in robot years because I think, what, there's like 10 years in every it's robot ready year? ready for robot time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fire today. That was, that was good. <laughs> nice. So, there we go. Um, we may have lost opportunity, but uh, a life well lived. Yeah. So, good on your lost opportunity. Hmm. Fantastic. Well, not fantastic, but interesting. Interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Should we move on to story number two? Let's talk about story number two. Now, this one, I actually think is a really interesting one. And we, mm -hmm. we pulled this one up because... You went to Jervis Bay recently. Is it Jervis or Jarvis? I don't know. I actually say it differently every time I say it. <laughs> well, it's, me too, because every time I read it, I'm like, Jervis Bay. Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure it's Jarvis, Jarvis Bay. I think it's supposed to say yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. But the spelling's really... It's tricky. It's kind of like um, Greenwich, you know, Greenwich Mean Time. Mm. Clearly, it says Greenwich. Yeah. You know, and you just have to trick yourself every yeah. time. So, so the English great. language is a brutal thing. Oh, it's terrible. It's very messed up. Yeah. Anyway, because you went to Jarvis Bay... Mm-hmm. I remembered I had been to Jarvis Bay a while ago, mm -hmm. and what I actually, when we were there, we were actually very lucky, and we saw bioluminescence. We saw the sparkles, the glowing in the sea, and it was really fantastic. And then 
as I was thinking about that and hoping that you had a great weekend spending some time down Jarvis Bay, mm-hmm. actually there was a story out about uh, about Jarvis Bay and about this bioluminescence. Can you explain for the listeners what exactly bioluminescence is? Absolutely. <laughs> So, bioluminescence is basically like things that are glowing in the dark, right? But normally when we have something like our glow-in-the-dark stars, you might have stuck on your roof. Um, What we're doing is they're actually taking in light from their surrounding environment and they kind of get excited. So, the little molecules inside take in some light, that gives them some energy, they get excited, um, Mm -hmm. and then they kind of hang out in this new space, uh, an excited space, but eventually they relax back down. So basically, we can't stay excited forever. You know how we well, no, get excited? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but you, you just crash. You've got to crash down. Yeah. So when they crash down, they actually give off light. Okay. Right. Oh, that's Now, that's how normal fluorescence works, but bioluminescence is a little bit different. Oh. In fact, this one is a chemical reaction that is going on inside a biological molecule. Super so cool. inside some kind of animal or plant or algae yeah. or something like that. So they've actually got some chemicals inside of them that have a reaction, and this reaction gives off light. Awesome. So at Jarvis Bay, what was the animal that was giving off? So the one at Jarvis Bay is called a sea sparkle, Uh and the sea sparkle is also called the noctiluc... Wait... Noctiluc... Oh, no, I can I don't know how to pronounce this one. Noctiluca. Noctiluca, that's the one. Noctiluca? Noctiluca. Noctiluca, I like to sound that. Scintillins. Okay. So that is basically, that's the sea sparkle. Yeah. Okay. So Which is an algae. Let's just call it a sea sparkle. Yeah. It's much okay. easier. Anyway, that's, it's that, the other name is, it's a um, Latin name, it's a technical science name, but sea sparkle sounds pretty good. Does. Basically, these sea sparkles are the, uh, little floating single-celled algae mm-hmm. or, or a plant kind of plankton, and they give off this light when they are moved around. So basically, yes. a chemical reaction happens as they get moved. So what we've done when I was there before is you go down and kick the sand where the water's just been and it actually uh, it starts to glow. Up. That's yeah. amazing. So it's actually really, really cool. Um, Hold on. You kick the sand and why does the sand glow when when you kick it? So you want to kick the sand right where the water's just come in. So you want to be you're basically kicking the water because the yeah. algae is going to be floating on the water. Okay. And as the tide comes in and the waves come out, there's going to be little bits left. So if you kick the sand right where the water's really shallow, yeah. you're going to have the algae concentrated on the top. Gotcha. And when you kick it, you're adding that energy and that initiates uh, it. And that starts that so sort of chemical reaction kind of, yeah. inside. Yeah. Super cool. So okay. it's really cool. And, and so when I was there, it was only a little bit. But so it glows. And yeah. what color does it glow? Different ones can glow in different colors. So sometimes they'll go blue. Yep. Um, and this one is, that's down at Jarvis Bay uh, was apparently glowing blue. Um, and the color that they glow is also a little bit to do um, with the chemical reaction as well. Um, and these ones will go blue, but you have you can get a ones that will glow kind of a greeny kind of color as well. Nice one. But these ones were going pretty cool yeah. and pretty blue. If you if you think that's pretty cool, go and check out one of the maybe the videos or something of people. Doing oh, definitely. Really I didn't even awesome. think of looking at a video. Yeah, videos are really awesome. If I can find a good video, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be notes. cool. Yeah, awesome. awesome. So looking at, I just pulled up the photos. Then it's like this awesome electric blue. Yeah. It's isn't pretty it? And the fact that that comes from something in nature Very cool. that's, at, you know, uh, in the fauna world yeah. is incredible because it's the same color as lightning. It does. Basically. It looks like lightning, little tiny lightning jumping yeah. around. That's yeah. beautiful. It's um, amazing. So, yeah, I was, as you know, I was at Jarvis Bay when this was happening. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to go out to the beach. Oh, dear. It wasn't in the area that I was staying. Yeah. I was staying sort of, well, I don't know the geography very well, but just in this sort of like lake area, mm-hmm. I guess you'd call it. And 
Yeah, it looked very different. Yeah. Very, very That's different. That's strange. Yeah. It is, it is very cool to see if you, if you get a chance to see yeah. it. Yeah. So apparently you can find it in other places like um, near Hobart, so okay. Tasmania yep. as well. So, um, yeah, probably just, I guess, the way the tides come and stuff like that to bring certain... Mm. Certain ones. So you might get lucky if you live around Jarvis Bay or whatever. Yeah, check it out. I'm sure you probably have future. seen one if you live around Jarvis Bay. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. Beginner. You know what I've always wanted to see? What's that? Fireflies. You've never seen fireflies? I've never seen a firefly. You know what? I don't think I've seen fireflies either. You just seen it on a movie or something. Yeah, I thought you've so. really seen it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, I remember fireflies. I'd no, like to see I don't actually think I've ever seen them properly. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was thinking about dragonflies. That's what I was well, thinking. I've seen, seen a heaps dragonfly, of dragonflies. But they don't glow in the dark. Not at all. No. They're boring. They look, I mean, they look kind of cool, but they're no, they're no firefly. No. I really like to see a firefly. Yeah. Do they, they travel cool. in swarms? I don't know. Okay. I feel like it's... Is it a common thing in Australia? I feel like it's always in American no movies idea. when you're a kid and they're camping and stuff. I've seen it in Japanese movies. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, interesting. Maybe we'll do something on fireflies next week. That'd be cool. Or in a little while. You know, yeah, maybe a couple of weeks couple from now. A couple of weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> All Excellent. right. All right, this one's super weird, Ooh. but super interesting. So, Excellent. as you know, humans, we are humans. Can we Some days. We are humans. <laughs> um, we are humans. And we have a scientific name, which is Homo sapiens, mm -hmm. yes? Now, it turns out that there is actually other species in the Homo genus. So yep. it's like, we're kind of like a family. Yeah. Think of the Homo genus as being like a family. Yeah. So we have brothers and sisters and cousins in, yep. this, in this genus, okay? Um, and there's, yeah, so there's other species. So for example, there's ones called Homo habilis, Homo rudolfensis, Homo erectus is another one. And that was Homo when we first started Gaster. standing up. Exactly, yep. Hence the yep. erectus, meaning yep. upright. Um, Homo heidelbergensis. That's a good name, isn't it? Heidelbergensis. It's an interesting one. So it's quite a big family, yeah. as it turns out. Um, there's another one called Homo neanderthalensis. Okay. So that's Neanderthals, which you probably have heard of. Yeah. Um, they're commonly you depicted as very much ape-like. Cavemen. Cavemen kind of sort of thing, sort of thing. yeah. Now, just to clarify for our listeners, most of these, I mean, these different species of uh, the Homo uh, genus, uh, we think that these usually exist in different time periods, right? Mm. So we don't think there's much time when there's lots of different kinds of humans hanging around. Mm, there would have been sometimes when there were a little bit of overlap. A little bit of overlap. Yeah. So there could have been at one time about six or seven yeah. different species of yeah. within the Homo family. But now it's not but, so much. Well, now there's yeah. one. Now there's one. <laughs> Which is just so it's up. not like having a dog where you got lots of different kinds of dogs. Exactly. But they're all yeah. still dogs. We've only just got us kind of humans. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, similar to us. So, uh, what happened recently is that scientists actually discovered a sort of an ancient teenager, mm. or the bones of yeah. a teenager. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a, a very, 4, very 000, old. 4,000 year old teenager. <laughs> You're not a teenager at all. Um, Young at heart. They discovered the bones of this girl who died when she was about 13, and they found that by doing sort of an. an a study on her genome, and we've mm -hmm. talked about genomes before, but maybe you could give another sort of definition of it, um, found out that she had parents, one of whom was a Neanderthal, mm -hmm. her mum was a Neanderthal, and her dad was called a Denis Denisovan. Okay. okay. And Denisovans are, again, they're another type of species, an yeah. ape-type person um, inside of the sort of human family. Yeah. So... She's a little bit of both, okay. which is super interesting. So that tells us that not only did they exist at the same time, yep. but also that they were 
you know, hanging out together. Okay, so they were they were interbreeding. They were mating. and they were interbreeding. Yeah, yeah, and so also that they were able to do that, which yeah. is super cool. Um, you want to know an interesting fact about the Denisovans? Yes. They were discovered in a cave by a guy called Dennis. Uh-huh. That's why, That's why I went to go see Dennis. <laughs> I like it. When are we going to have the Quillivans? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so basically what we found is, so the genome, if, if, we, if we're not quite sure, basically what we're looking at is, is all the little tiny things, our DNA, which makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and they studied her DNA from her mm -hmm. bones and they found yeah. that she has both the kind of genetics. So she's got DNA that both comes from her dad and her mum, mm -hmm. but that what she they've seen in there is actually that they've, she's got two different species of parents. Precisely. So two different kinds of uh, different kinds of humans. Yeah, because yeah. like we talked about in the last episode with the potato chromosome yeah. thing, you get half of who you are from your mum and you yeah. get half from your dad. So if you want a good explanation of how that sort of stuff works, I think go back to the last episode because mm. we we did a we did a pretty good job. We went on into that. more detail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, this girl who they they've given her a great name, Denisova 11. I was going to say, is it like Dennis Amina or something? Yeah, Denisova 11. <laughs> the great name. Um, or they've nicknamed her Denny, which is a bit better. Yeah. Denny's pretty good. Denny's not bad. Um, yeah. Found yeah. her, I think, also in that cave. It was a cave in Siberia. Okay. And so this is really interesting because a lot of what we know about a different species and stuff is that a lot of them don't interbreed. So they might be around at the same time, but you don't see this kind of like weird half this, half that. So we don't really have things like um, like a panther and a lion interbreeding. Yeah, exactly. Like but they're both big dog. cats, right? Yeah. Um, so you don't see that. Like you don't see this weird, cool, black mm. panther lion with a mane, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, can I just jump in for a second? Yeah. You do actually see those. Not very often. Not very often, but they do exist. So and like often... Ligers. Well, I was about to say, yeah. often what happens is they're actually sterile. Exactly. So they're unable to breed again, which yep. is why you don't then suddenly see this species, this species becoming a new kind of species. Because totally. they just make one baby and that baby's unable to breed and create its own Precisely, yep. half-liger so, species. We don't live in Pokemon land, unfortunately. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> I don't even know if Pokemon do that. It's been such a long time. I don't know. Um, but I really would like a cat dog. Wouldn't that be great? Well, that's why they had a TV show called Cat Dog back in the day. Yeah. Um, I used to love that TV show. <laughs> but, um, bit yeah. old for the audience, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty cool. So cool. that tells us, yeah, Neanderth Neanderthals and Denisovans were interacting, living in the same sorts of areas. Yeah, wow. Potentially for a long time before they disappeared. Um, and luckily, Homo sapiens, which mm. is us, we are the best. And we survived. We did survive. We beat out everyone else. Yeah, and so by the sounds go. of it, so by the sounds of it, there's very few of these Denisovan yeah, um, fossils around. Yeah, because they've only been discovered in a cave. Yeah. One cave. So in one place. In one place. Yeah. So we know by looking at those bones, you can analyse the bones and look yeah. at like bone density and that sort of thing. Yeah. And you can tell that it's actually a different species just yeah. by looking at the shape of it. Yeah. Um, and then or in addition to that, you can study their genome. Yeah, wow. And that gives you a sort of... <laughs> Um, a snapshot of what's going on. Yeah, a really good sort of, how would you describe it? Well, it's their DNA. Yeah. Right, exactly. so by analysing it, it actually will tell you, you know, they're different enough to be a completely different species. But also, they are our brothers and sisters in a way, or our cousins. Or maybe like a great, 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 great grandparents. Potentially. No, no, they're not grandparents because we don't we come, come from, from them. them. That's true. Yeah, so they're like our so cousins. So like your great, great grandparents are friends. Totally. It's kind of like they would be like 
the cousins of your great 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 grandparents. Right. With a few more greats in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that would work, I think. Which is nice. I think I like to think that we would have been friends. I reckon. Had you and I been around fifty thousand years ago, we would be great friends with Denisova Eleven. Okay. Well. Well. One more thing that you wanted to bring up. Was. Of course. Was. Was the. Fact of the week. Dun, 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 Come in. That was a new one. I added that, yeah, that, that sound in. You're so musical. I know. I'm a musical talent. Um, so this week's fact of the week has come from an actual question mm. that I had from a kid yesterday when mm-hmm. I was out at a school. And I was doing one of our really interesting programs, which is a flight and weather program. Uh, and this one has a lot to do with air pressure. Oh, yes. Interesting now, topic by itself. Yeah, it is an interesting topic. Now, air pressure is really important, um, and it's important in a number of things. It's important in how things fly, but it's also important mm-hmm. in how weather systems form. Yes. So, what we did is we did this. We did our workshop on weather predominantly, um, and I did get a question from one of the kids about where rain comes from and how clouds form and this kind of thing, and I thought it would be an interesting fact of this yeah. week. I'm interested to find out the answer. Okay. So, the question I had was... Does rain fall from the holes in the clouds? Right, the holes in the clouds. Yeah. Okay. So what I think is, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I always imagined a cloud to be solid object, but it was kind of squishy. That yeah. if I really, really got high up in the sky, I could have a nap. Like a there. cotton ball. Like a just, cotton ball. Just chilling up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I always yeah. imagined. Like whenever you're flying in a plane, you look at it and go, "Wow, I can have a great." Yeah sleep out on that cloud. But then sometimes you fly into a cloud and you're like, well, what's going on? Exactly. So, um, fair enough question. And it's great when we ask questions, especially if we don't understand what's going on. So, does rain fall from holes in the clouds? And of course, the answer is actually no, because the cloud's not a solid thing. Mm. So, a cloud actually um, is basically floating overhead and this contains lots of water vapour. Okay, now, so just little tiny bits of water, in essence. Um, And these are really, really small. So these droplets are too small to fall as rain. Okay. It's like if you've got a mist, it doesn't really fall as big droplets, it's right? It's just gas, isn't it's just it? It's kind of hanging out up there, yeah. but really, really tiny. Um, now, what can happen, though, is we know that the water's constantly evaporating and going up and then kind of falling back down as rain and that kind of thing. So basically what happens is we've got this really fine mist, so mm-hmm. basically this water vapour, um, and when we have these water vapour molecules, they kind of run into each other and... We can get changes of pressure, so whether the air is moving fast or slow, whether there's a lot of air or not much air. And all of these things kind of help to change what that water vapor is doing. Right. And when we get enough of this water vapor push, kind of pushed together, they'll actually start to fall droplets, and these droplets will then fall as rain. Gotcha. So there's no holes. It's basically these little mists getting pushed closer together until they um, yeah. fall into big droplets of water. That you could actually see yeah. when it gets big enough. Yeah, Which exactly. you do, because that's when it falls, you see droplets of water. Yeah. And if you think about maybe if you have a shower, and we know that steam is really is basically water vapour. Mm-hmm. If you have a shower, sometimes you'll see the walls in the shower get all steamy, but they don't have any water droplets. And then after a while, yeah. you might start to see the water droplets coming down as more and more of that water vapour comes gotcha. together and makes bigger droplets. Yep. Okay. So that's how... We get our rain. So it's no actual hole opens up in the cloud like you see in like mm. cartoons and stuff. Yeah. So that doesn't happen? No. Oh, that'd be cool. There's no little dude up there with a bucket just tipping yeah. it out. <laughs> the Lord of the sky. <laughs> the Lord of the sky. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good question. And it's what we love is we love kids asking questions for things that um, can be a bit confusing because unless you've... Definitely. 
been told about how it works, it's really hard. So we love to hear these kind of questions and to be able to help kids to discover these new kind of answers mm -hmm. for their questions. I hear, it's weird, sometimes when you get these questions from kids and you go, wow, I've never thought about that before. Yeah, but I mean, a, I thought about how rain falls, yeah. obviously, but there's certain certain ways of thinking yeah. that are so fundamental, fundamental and you go, that's like an ingenious way to Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, even though something might be wrong, what they've done is taken the idea and put it into what seems like a logical explanation. Mm -hmm. um, and often that's really great. That that's a great way to try and come up with an answer for things. And totally. sometimes it actually makes sense, but it might not be the correct thing, but it does yeah, actually exactly. make sense. Yeah, logical yeah. sort of progression which is there. great. And that's yeah. what the science is all about. Definitely. new things, isn't it? Yep. Awesome. Beautiful. Well... Is that a wrap on Physics Twitch for this week? Well, I think it is a wrap for this All week. Right. Well, thank you listeners for joining us. Yeah. And hope you like their stories. Hope you like that fact of the week. <laughs> um, and also, don't forget to check out the Physics Education podcast, the official one, hosted by Ben Newsom. My lovely boss. My lovely boss is a very nice man. And um, I guess we'll catch you next week. Yeah, and if you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to rate us. On iTunes. On iTunes. It helps. Uh, it helps us. Or tell your friends if you enjoyed listening. Mm -hmm. And yeah. We'll Great. catch you next week. Bye. Bye.